You're listening to the Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast. I'm Nicole Holcomb, former teacher and school counselor turned civil rights attorney and podcast host. It wasn't that long ago that we learned the reason that our daughter was struggling to learn to read in first grade was dyslexia. Fast forward four years past many hours of research and collaborating with experts in the field of dyslexia. Now I'm sharing the lessons I have learned that took me from being an overwhelmed mom who didn't understand dyslexia to a go-to mom who is helping hundreds of moms each week through education and collaboration. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies and hacks to help you do the same. If you're feeling alone and lost on your parenting dyslexia journey and you're looking to find a mom who gets it, you're in the right place. Let's jump in and get started. Hey friend, welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you are here today. I want you to glance down at your calendar and think about when is your child's last day of school. Let me guess, you don't even need to look at a calendar because if you're like our household, we know, I almost said spring break, (laughs) we just got off spring break, we know at our house that summer vacation is six short weeks away. Now, yes, every Monday morning, it seems a lot longer than that, but if you think about it in, there's only six more Mondays to get up early and get to school on time, to pack those lunches, to do all that homework, to run to all the after-school tutoring sports, you know, uh, piano lessons. I mean, all the things. And if you have multiple children, oh my goodness, you as a mom are in the road all the time, or at least you feel like it. So summer is a signal that we can all take a breath. Oh, we so need that, right? (laughs) To take a deep breath and plan for a little bit of relaxation and hopefully a whole lot of fun. But when I think about our children, especially our children with dyslexia, you see it. You see how hard they work during the school year. The school year, I mean, school in general is hard. And the days are long. And they're exhausted. So summer is a time to relax, refuel, and recharge. Not only for your dyslexic kiddo, but for you and your entire family. But... You may be thinking, especially if you're new to dyslexia and you're just kind of getting started on this whole remediation journey and this whole parenting dyslexia journey, you may be thinking, can my child really take off the summer? Will they fall behind? Will they be lost in the fall? I mean, how urgent is this whole remediation thing anyway? Do we have to continue this in the summer? Can't we just pick it up in the fall? And if we do have to go to tutoring what does that look like? And how much do we have to do? I mean, what does my child really need? Well, the answer to all your questions today is about balance. Yes, finding balance. And it really should be like that all during the school year, finding that balance. But even more so in the summer. So when you think about that balance, you're thinking about what are our priorities for our children, right? And then you're also figuring out how can I look at our family values and figure out what do we want to do over the summer? What are some things that we as a family prioritize and how can I balance the needs of the academics at the same time balancing the needs of the family? Because I mean, summer really is a time for fun or relaxation. 
So I recently read an article that I'm going to link in the show notes, Taking Time for Summer Fun. And it was actually posted on the Yale Center for Dyslexia and Creativity. And this is what what Kyle Redford had to say about summer and taking a break from remediation. She said that scientific data clearly show that many children, especially dyslexic boys and girls, lose reading skills over the summer. Let me say that again and slow that down because you already know I'm a fast talker, right? (laughs) I get excited about these things and I just keep going. So let let me say that again. Scientific data clearly show that many children, especially dyslexics, especially dyslexic boys and girls, lose reading skills over the summer. So, in a dyslexic child, written words are often still what they call transient, temporary. It's very common in the beginning reader to read the word correctly and yet find five minutes from now that she's not able to decipher the same word, the very same word. Do you see that now at home? Do you work on sight words or do you work on reading a passage with your child and then a couple of sentences later or maybe when you go back the next night to read the same words again, it's gone. They don't remember it. At the very beginning and, and throughout the remediation pieces, your child is learning how to decode, how to decode sounds, how to put the sounds back together, how to how phonics works, and they're learning all these amazing rules that's going to help them be successful as readers. But when we think about taking the summer off, oh, it sounds so exciting. But when we think about what that looks like on the other side, I know none of us want to set our children up to go into a school year where they don't feel successful, where they go into a school year and they have to start over because what they learned last year with their tutor didn't take, didn't stick. Because for our dyslexics, they have to do it over and over and over and over and over and over. And yes, it keeps going until they get it. And so it's not on the first try. It's not on the second try. It may be on the 55th try that they get it. It becomes more of like a muscle memory. It has to go from that working memory into a more, you know, going, it's got to go in that file cabinet, right? It's got to get in the file cabinet in their brain where it's going to stay and they can retrieve it when they need it. And at the beginning, they're not able to retrieve it always. And there would be some words that they just really struggle with. So when our, t- our kids take those five, six, eight weeks of break, I don't know who gets eight weeks, but whatever amount of weeks you get for summer vacation, when your child takes off those extended period of time, their brain kind of shuts down, right? And so they, they, they go back to school and they've got to start over again, so to speak. Now, that doesn't happen with every child, right? And I'm going to tell you how to ensure that your child thrives and continues to hold on to those pieces, So there's three ways to help your dyslexic thrive this summer. So let's talk about those. The first one we were just talking about, that is keeping language and literacy, specifically language though, keeping that language a priority in your home. Okay, so what does that look like, Nicole? When I think about language being a priority in your home, you're going to have to start thinking about that now. What are some ways in your real world day-to-day that you are exposing your child to language? You know, many years people have always talked about math. How to use math skills. You know, you're you know calculating for a recipe, how much flour you need, or you're adding up how much you could save, you know, at the grocery store, or what, what of our expenses. 
you know, we we talk about, lots of people talk about real world math, but think about reading not as just something else you have to check off, but think about ways you could introduce it and continue to keep it on the forefront year round, but especially in the summer. You don't have to say to your child, yes, we're going to continue with language. You just continue it, okay? Let me tell you how to do that. It can look a couple different ways. It can be very obvious. It can be that for us uh, in Atlanta area, a lot of the tutors, especially when you're in the remediation phase of dyslexia, recommend 10... Uh, sessions of tutoring at an hour a time. So that really usually it looks like here is like two times a week for like five weeks. So again, it depends on what your child needs. This is why if you remember back several episodes ago, we talked about creating your mom tribe and your community and who's going to be on your team, who are going to be the people that know your child the best, who can help you make these educated decisions, right? And so you can have, let's say you have a tutor already you've been working with for a week or two years, having conversations about where are we, where is my child in the process of remediation and what do you recommend for tutoring? And they may say once a week, It's very, very individualized. So that's one option. And having that conversation with your child, it really is a relief to many children to do, I mean, they're not going to tell you this, but to do the tutoring in the summer, because when you're doing it during the school year, you still have math homework and science and social studies projects and you know study guides and things you have to do and after school activities. But in the summer, you may have some day camps, you may have some things that you're doing as a family, but there's not a lot of academic Uh, responsibilities on your children and so it really is a great time for them to really practice those skills those decoding skills they've been learning and to have someone that's trained that knows what they're doing and knows how to help dyslexics and if you already have a private tutor you probably already had this conversation but hang tight because I'm going to introduce a few other things for you today so this is not you know something that if you already have a plan for this piece hold tight because we're going to talk about a couple other things but at this point if you haven't had a conversation about summer tutoring then think about what that looks like another option is dyslexia camps we're in Atlanta and so we have a number of dyslexia schools and these schools offer camps in the summer sometimes they may be a one week all day camp they may be a couple of weeks the great thing is two things one is they structure it like a regular camp they have fun they do activities just like you would do at any other camp but they also embed in their day some time to spend on literacy and on language skills and really working with our children it could be writing and spelling it it could be whatever that program looks like so they embed some of those pieces during the day so the child gets some of those pieces but they they don't feel like they're in school all day it's not summer school with quotes in the air right and the other great part about that is at least in the Atlanta area and I know some of the camps I've looked at that are overnight camps that are more like weeks and weeks like four or five six weeks of camps is that you don't have to attend the school to have the benefit of attending the camp. So even if you don't attend a particular school, you can still sign up for the camps. So look at that in your area. It may even be that you have a relative in another state, another city that has a dyslexia school that you've been interested in, where maybe you can go visit for a week while your child goes to day camp. So there's a lot of opportunities to kind of think outside the box as parents as to what that looks like. Ultimately, though, that really obvious decision to remediate and continue those remediation skills, that's a decision you have to do. That is a decision that you have to make. The decision to remediate or not this summer is a personal decision. We know that finances absolutely play a part of that. We know that vacation schedules may limit your options or they may help make your decision easier. So if you decide that, yes, 
I do or I don't want to do the tutoring, you still have other ways to infuse and continue to nurture language. So one of the ways is just continue to have your child have exposure to words and vocabulary. You can do this a lot of different ways. So it could be that you have your child help you read a recipe to make or bake something at home. It could be that you're going grocery shopping and you give them a list and they're reading off that list and marking off what you get and put in the in your um what was I going to say in your in your grocery cart I guess I was looking for the word myself trying to figure out so there are a lot of different ways you could kind of include that within your day but that's only going to limit you to certain vocabulary right so the other way is you could also use what they call recorded books. If you go to YouTube, let's say you're looking for a particular book to be read, there's lots of great options. And this year, our daughter's school used those as well to have an author or to have someone read the book. They're usually very you know animated readers. You will get some that are kind of monotone and are you know I don't know for like a better word kind of boring. Skip those right. Like if you don't find a good one. Look for another one. It's YouTube. There's lots of options there. This is a great option for kids that have summer reading because it continues to have that, gives them the opportunity to be successful at at hearing those books. But they also can have a hard copy where they're following along with the recorded books. If you know that there's going to be things and novels and things that they're going to have to have read for next school year, you can go ahead and do those ahead of time so they get the first exposure over the summer and then maybe some of those pieces they'll remember within the school year. There are also other uh, options and apps and websites where you can actually have books read aloud to your child. Uh, That's not the video. It's just... uh, For example, Learning Ally and also Audible through Amazon. I can put a a link in the show notes for these things as well. On those two, Learning Ally and Audible, they both have options where you can have a ebook but have it read to your child and both of them have an option where it will highlight the words as your child reads if your child needs a definition of a word they can click on the word it will pop up a definition and read it to them and so they can actually see the written word highlighted as the book reads to them and so with the recorded books you just literally have a video of someone talking to you right your child could be holding the book if they wanted to to read along But many times the recorded books or the read-alouds are great, especially on trips where they can listen to books. But I also want you to think outside the box. When we talk about language and being around language and being around vocabulary, that can look many different forms, right? It doesn't have to be a novel. It could be graphic novels. It could be poems. It could be that maybe you have a karaoke night and your child's reading song lyrics, right? It could be that you go to a, a local museum, which is a great opportunity as well, and your child's reading information about a particular exhibit. So really think outside the box yourself and challenge yourself to think about how are there ways that I can infuse vocabulary and language into the summer and make it fun. It doesn't have to be not fun. Reading can be fun. So number two, another way that you can help your dyslexic thrive this summer is through nurturing talents, gifts, their interests. I know that's not a surprise if you've been listening for any amount of time. I'm really big on nurturing these kids talents and one is it it increases their self-confidence which we want their self-image but also many times these gifts become their job in the future and they're going to be so many jobs that we don't even know what they are right now because they're in the future and we don't know what they're going to look like and if you think about all the the 
the like the digital world, I guess the best way to say that, that our kids live in, there are going to be so many more options for them than we had, and, and we don't know what those look like. But we've got to continue to nurture those talents. So, so that could look like, you know, a soccer camp. That could look like a, an art camp. It could be that, you know, you're going to visit someone and you want your child to have the opportunity to... I'm trying to think of an example. You know, just there's lots of examples, but let me think for a second the best way to explain it. Finding opportunities to continue to support and nurture is the key there. And when your child feels confident that they're doing something, when they feel good about themselves, that's huge. Because many times, especially for for those of you that have children, if your child was identified later with dyslexia let me say it that way when your child is identified later in elementary school or middle school with dyslexia they have a lot of baggage and they have a lot of self-doubt they don't always have high self-esteem and so finding ways to to let them know their gifts are special they are special they're not just a dyslexia label But of course, in our house, we don't talk about it being a label. We talk about it being a gift. But I get when you first start your journey, it's hard to get there, right? So when everything is focused on learning about reading, it can be hard because we forget about the other pieces, the other pieces that make our children amazing. So continue to nurture those. If your child loves to write, then have them write that story they want to write. Have them, you know, sit down and read it with you. Then you're incorporating number one again, right? Because you're talking about that language. You know, if they enjoy uh, arts and crafts, you know, infuse some new things in the home for them to do. You know, it doesn't all have to be an expense of a camp, although there's a lot of amazing camps that are probably available in your area. It's all about nurturing those things and showing an interest to learn about what excites them. It's a great opportunity to build and continue to nurture your relationship as a family as well. And number three is one of my favorites. The third way to help your dyslexic thrive this summer. You're going to love this one. Unplug, explore, and have fun. Your town, your backyard, your local community, there are things that you can do to just enjoy summer have some fun and when you get out from behind a device and I'll raise my hand I'm just as guilty as anyone else we have lots of techie devices in our household but at the end of the day really being purposeful about some pieces and I say purposeful it can be very it doesn't have to be always planned out right it can just be hey let's go do this today kind of situation but make it a priority have some fun this summer do some things that are unexpected get out in your backyard explore your town you know is there a local museum that may have an exhibit that may be something that your child's going to learn about in the fall so they can say oh mom i remember when we visited you know that museum and they had you know i don't know uh, uh, the titanic there and, and we got to learn about that and now we're learning about that at school i mean whatever it might be so if you kind of take a minute to kind of get a, an idea of what your child might be learning next year and how you can complement some of those things it'll make them have more self-confidence as they transition into the next school year you know you can plan it out or you can just let it happen either is fine you can have game nights Woo, yeah you can have movie nights those are always fun i mean you can just go put your feet in the sand and play It is absolutely a yes for us about the feet in the sand. The bottom line is the answer is all about balance. You have to find balance in in being a mom. You have to find balance in your summer and you have to enjoy your summer. 
And at the very at the very very top of your list, when you think about balance, I want you to trust your mom instinct. Trust your mom instinct. If your instinct is saying it's too much, then take a minute back, right? Take, you know, if you're like, uh, we need a break from everything, then take the first two weeks of summer off. You don't have to start tutoring the first week of summer. Start tutoring in the middle of summer. Give your child a little bit of breather if they need that, right? So you set the tone. You decide. I just want you to be mindful about what that looks like and be mindful about how do I find balance? What should we be doing? Hopefully these tips help today, keeping language a priority in your home, nurturing those talents and gifts, and unplugging, exploring, and having fun. Those are the three ways you can help your dyslexic thrive this summer. So I want to say thanks for listening today. If you want to learn more about dyslexia and raising a child with dyslexia, then head over to dyslexiamomlife.com where you can find lots more dyslexia resources. If you want more support or to chat about this episode, come and join me and some amazing moms in our private Facebook group, Dyslexia Mom Life Podcast Community. Be sure to introduce yourself to the group. We would love to meet you over there. And I want you to have a great week. And remember, you got this and I've got you. Take care.